You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. She's a 10, but she's also imaginary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hello! And thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders. I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 115, the happy birthday Billy Zabka edition. Ah, Billy Zabka. Who else's birthday was it today? It was a good birthday. Viggo Mortensen? Yeah, but somebody different than that. Oh, better than Viggo Mortensen? Oh, yeah, way better. Oh. Let's look it up. Maybe it wasn't today. Maybe it was yesterday. Oh, wow. Well. That's, that's throwing down the gauntlet. Viggo Mortensen's pretty good. I guess. I don't really see too many Viggo Mortensen movies. Um, I don't see do I, Lord but... of the Rings. I never saw, what was that, Van Helsing. I never even saw the one that would have been most likely for me to see. The one where it's with Ed Harris or whatever. The uh, kind of crime thriller, crime... Yeah, you mean, Apollo, you mean Apollo 13? <laughs> yeah, that one. That's the Ed Harris movie. <laughs> no, I don't mean that one. Uh, John Krasinski? Vigo Mortensen's better than John Krasinski, in my opinion. All right. I don't even know why John Krasinski has any relevance anymore that The Office is off the air. All right. All right. Kind of harsh, but that's your opinion. Sam Witwer? I mean, it might have been yesterday. That's the problem. All right. Well, let's go through today. Sam Witwer? I don't even know who that is. Yeah, neither do I. But he's the third (laughs) most popular guy. Bill Nunn. um, Who's that? Postmortem. Bill Nunn is, uh, you would recognize. And let's see what he's been in. Um... He's in those Spider-Man movies, the the Cider House Rules Spider Spider uh, Spider-Man movie. I guess I'd recognize his face possibly. Yeah, he's a black actor with a big mustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's see here. Uh, let's it go. might have been yesterday though, because Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know to... that. I know that. I know that. But let's let's rule out today. Let's, I want to go through this very scientifically. Okay. All right. Because very methodically. Be, yeah, because it, it, and I, I brought up the that. point that it was Billy Zabka's birthday, and you said he's not the best today. So we'll take a look. At well, I was wrong today. about that. Billy Zabka obviously is the best today because <laughs> he's definitely better than Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> um, what are you on IMDb? Yeah. After after Bill Nunn, who is the fourth most notable birthday, it falls off significantly. Um, Billy Zabka is number six. I think any time Billy Zabka is in the top ten in any list, I think you're uh, you're pushing it. All right, so yeah. let's go to yesterday. It's you somebody that would have been on um, would have been on there. I'll tell you who. Yes. Paul Simon's birthday was recently. I know that much because they were playing a bunch of Paul Simon on the radio the other day. Ah, happy birthday, Paul. So you can, if you're really curious, sir, you can look into what Paul Simon's birthday was. 
Let's see. Celebrity birthdays. Because uh, IMDb doesn't let you go backwards. Yeah. It's weird. Celebrity birthday 10. Uh, you know who it was? Uh, who was it? It was yesterday. It was Patrick Simmons, which means nothing to you. It, but it what it will absolutely. mean to you was he was a member of the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> oh, all right. So there was all lots right. of Doobies being played on the radio yesterday. He was he was not Michael McDonald. Yeah, exactly. Like when I heard, you know, in the morning if they play back to back songs by one singer or group, you know, it's got to be somebody's birthday. I was thinking, oh, is it Michael McDonald's birthday? And then they came on later and they're like, it's Patrick Simmons' birthday from Doobies. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of that guy. I've never heard. I've never heard of a Doobie brother not named Michael McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> Which means I've never heard of Tom Johnston, Patrick Simmons, John McPhee, John Cowan, Bill Payne, Mark Russo, Ed Soth, and Tony Pia. Or the friggin' other 50 guys who are former members of the revolving lineup that is the Doobie Brothers. This <laughs> Wikipedia page is ridiculous. Former members. It's ridiculous. I mean... Different lineups they've had for the Doobie Brothers. Although he might be the most famous October nineteenth birthday. <laughs> Why? Who else is on there? Not many. Rebecca Ferguson Ferguson is uh, IMDb's number one. She was in Mission Impossible. Oh, okay, I've never seen any. the TV show or the movies. Either way, I haven't seen it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Screen. Don't waste my time. Next, um, the uh, R&B singer uh, and dancer Chiara. Ciara. Ciara. Oh, that's a girl that's married to Russell Wilson. Okay. Um, John Favreau. John Favreau. Yes, I did see. That's why they had stories about him on IMDb yesterday. He is the most famous. October nineteenth. Uh, unless you want to put him toe to toe. With the great John Lithgow. Yeah, John Lithgow's probably more famous. But I'm I don't not, ne- but that's I don't a necess- tight one. That's a close race though, because John Favreau, you know, he directed the Iron Man movies, you know. He's, yeah. yeah. He's very he's quite versatile. He is. I he'd be my personal choice. He would be my yeah. personal choice. But Because uh, he's I mean, more John- of like a schlub, like you would imagine yourself you imagine yourself could be John Favreau. I, I do. I Cause do. like you look at him, you're like, John Favreau, how is he all over the place? He's just a schlub. He can do it. He can do it. What? I can do it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And you look back to the swingers uh, era, John Favreau, you know, Paul which Simon's is birthday was last Thursday, October 13th. Okay. Okay. How old is he? 70? Uh, he's in his seventies. He just turned 75. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, I always old. equated him to to my dad's age. One because seventies um, era Phil DeSantis um, had a very Paul Simonish look. You know, he's a short guy. He had a mustache he had a, and stuff. He had a, must, he, he had a mustache. Uh, his hair was because um, quintessential seventies Paul Simon has a mustache and that yep. little like Dutch boy haircut. Yep, my dad played the guitar. He sang a lot of Paul Simon songs. Did he wear a bebop hat? He did. Wait, the did bebop he? hat. What's the bebop hat? Like the you know, like cab a driver slouch cap. You know yep. the yeah. That yeah. was his look. 
I'll dig up some pictures and I'll. Uh, and so I'll your show dad you, was trying to look like Paul Simon. Uh, yeah, I I always <laughs> thought it was just a coincidence because I thought they were the same age, but um, apparently not. He's about five or six years older than my dad. Yeah, yeah. Which um, yeah, he's closer to my dad's age, who was born the year before. Oh wow, I'm forty. What year was your dad born? Forty-nine. Uh, Forty-seven. Okay, my mother was born Christmas Eve, forty-five. Okay. She. Yeah. My mother was born a week shy of being a baby boomer. So, oddly enough, my oldest brother is a baby boomer because he was born sixty-four, the last year of the what they consider the baby boomers. Well, a generation is typically what twenty years. Yeah, baby boom is considered forty six to sixty four, I believe. You know, I found myself recently wanting, uh, really wishing I was a millennial. You know. Yeah. Yeah, because people are really bending over backwards to to get their hooks in millennials. You know. It's because millennials are schmucks. So why do why does everybody want a piece of them? Because they'll buy anything. Because <laughs> they will uh, fucking bite on any stupid shit. That's why people yeah. are always going after millennials. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. That makes it's sense. It's an app that lets you, uh, you know, all the stupid shit, you know? It's right. an app that sends you new fresh socks once a month. <laughs> <laughs> Made out of Modal. Three yeah, times. So you don't have cotton. to be washing socks all the time. You don't have to worry about losing one. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials will eat it up. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's Anything great. in app form, they'll take. Right. An app to find you the best app to find you socks that can get sent to your yes. door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yep, that's why they all want the millennials. Plus, millennials are stupid. Because right. they they get behind all this left wing politics because they're too young to remember like the Soviet the the fight with the Soviets, but they also get behind it all, not realizing that they're going to be so fucking poor in fifty years because all their money because all the all all the debts being burdened onto them by giving everybody all the old wealthy people all the free shit. But right. millennials are liberal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, that's why uh, everybody wants a piece of millennials because they're they're fucking naive. All right, then I guess I'll just settle on being a Gen Xer. Yeah, be a bitter, cynical Gen Xer. It's the best way the, to be. At at its peak, Gen Xers were kind of cool. Yeah, but I wasn't a Gen. I didn't consider myself Gen Xer when they were cool because they were way older than me. The Gen yes. Xers they were considering cool. Right, I'm. Uh, I'm looking it up like, here. Some would even consider the cutoff. Like you just made the cutoff. Yeah, exactly. That's why I never really consider myself, because everything that was geared towards Gen Xers was all geared towards people, like, like my brother's ages. You know, yeah, like ten years older than me. Like people that graduated high school in the eighties. You know. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Reality Bites, I don't consider Ben Stiller part of my generation, you know? Like, I think of them as, like, my brother's generation. 
all those people, even though, like, I love Adam Sandler and all those guys. In fact, I just bought tickets to go see Adam Sandler, David Spade, Rob Schneider in concert in December. But, uh, but I still think of them all as, like, people who are my brother's age, which is what they all are, basically. Yeah, I, I still identify with them, even though they're they're you know a tick older, because um, I was still coming of age at, at the at the point where they were in their heyday, you know. Yeah, I look at them as the older guys I was looking up to back then, you know. Yes, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. Hey, speaking of Spade, that was one of the funniest uh, stand-up shows that I had seen uh, when he did the Goldstein Auditorium. Uh, was either that must have been the year before I got there. It was my junior or soft sophomore or junior year. Probably sophomore remember. year because your junior year would have been my freshman year, and that's when Adam Sandler came there. That was my junior year. Yeah, because yeah, so that was, was my year. freshman year. Because you okay, were two years year ahead of me before that. And the Adam Sandler friggin' thing was one of the best things I've ever seen. So the the David Spade was when I had first started. I just met Jay Bailey. And uh, I just started kind of hanging out with him. And he and I got along really well. Uh, I mean, he got along well with everybody. But he and I kind of clicked and and we're kind of buddies. And uh, we went to see David Spade. And I literally, not the misuse of the word literally, but literally (laughs) fell off my... You really do want to be a millennial, huh? (laughs) Uh, Literally literally fell off my chair. I was so high, I was floating 10 feet off the ground. <laughs> That's the way a millennial would use literally. Uh, I literally fell off my chair laughing because he was so funny, man. He was really good. Yeah. But he was a douchebag. He came into Fagan's that night, and um, and I think Bailey might have gone up to him. And uh, he's like, what? No, I'm not. I'm not him. <laughs> he always played that. He always plays that character in every show. Yeah. The friggin' smarmy little guy, you know? Yeah. That's he sat in the back and was like, uh, no, I'm not him, man. <laughs> well, that was like the story, you know, at the end of the Adam Sandler show, he's like, and fuck it, let's all go to Chuck's or whatever. And I remember, I remember me and the guys I was hanging out with, I was like, should we go to Chuck's? He says he's gone. I was like, he's not, and one of the guys was like, he's not going to Chuck's. It's like, all right, let's just go home. And then the story was that Adam Sandler went to Chuck's and pretty much sat there by himself getting fucked up all night. Okay. Because it was a Sunday night, I believe, when Adam Sandler played. It was exactly a Sunday night, but he didn't go to Chuck's. He came to Fagan's. Yeah. And it was um, Senior Sunday. It was a Sunday night because I was doing top ten lists. And uh, I had changed my top ten list to You don't think there's a chance he went to both bars? Uh, well, which one of us went home that night after the after the concert and has no recollection of any of the events? <laughs> well, because I heard I heard uh, anecdotal evidence that he did go and buy pictures at at Chuck's, and I mean it's not like you got to get in a cab to go from Chuck's to Fagan's. Yeah, but what <laughs> what he did do at Fagan's was come and he sat in the back uh, and drink beers there and. Sat and like sullenly hung in the back, and no one bothered him, right? Um. Well, I was going to crescendo that to the whole story, but you had to shit all over it. So, uh, well, sorry, you start getting snarky. Well, who went home and who? (laughs) Yeah, I was telling a story, and and you were home in Brewster Bowen that night, and I was not. (laughs) 
And I did the top ten list, and I introduced myself to him, and he was a very pleasant gentleman. Okay. Yeah, so he was cool. Yeah. He was cooler than David Spade. Way cooler than David Spade. Way cooler than David Spade. But it would have been a much better story if he just would have let me finish it. Next time. (laughs) Can he just let me finish it? All right. Well, why don't you just start over? So what happened that night? I I was pretty sure he went to trucks. We'll take care of it in post. (laughs) What's the Ed Wood thing? uh, You know, the Johnny Depp Ed Wood movie where they just do everything in one take and and he's like, cut it, print it, next! And they just move on to each each fucked up scene. (laughs) Yeah. Like a letterman and like... You know, Letterman or Conan or whatever, they'd always be like, oh, we'll, we'll just edit that out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Although they obviously don't edit anything out. <laughs> right. Right. I think that's the point we're at. We'll just edit this out and retell the story. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times, man. Good times. Wait, so, wait. There's more to this story. So you were doing the top ten list. Did you modify the top ten list to acknowledge Adam Sandler was in the house? Yes, I did. Okay, so what happened? I, uh... Hold on a second. I might actually even be able to find the top ten list. Just hold tight. Okay. Oh, wait. I don't even have to go anywhere. It's right here. Hold on. The hoarder. Oh, no. Hold on. No, it's somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) The top ten list from from 22 years ago is right here. Top 10 list from September or October 1994. Sitting around here somewhere. All right. All right, I'm back. All right. Um, it's just in case I can't find, I'll tell the story anyway. Um... Yeah, so I modified the top ten list. And let's set the scene for people since stuff has changed anyway. Maybe some of the younger listeners are listening. Back in the day when you would walk in the Fagans, the DJ booth was in the ceiling straight ahead so you could see everybody coming in to the bar. Yeah, right? I think there might even be like a big, uh, big TV up there now or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you sat up there and it was a perch. You had a bird's eye view of the whole friggin' original side of the bar, the old side, as opposed, I don't know what they ever called it, but they always called the new side, the new side, even though it was already an old side, but it was new compared to the original side. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you had to go through the kitchen. Yep. To get up to this little, uh, like you had to climb seat. a, a basic, uh, construction style ladder that you pulled up into the booth. Once you got up there, Yes, and it was like slimy. Yeah, and it was gross. very dangerous. Um, I'm not convinced that that's the reason they did away with it. I don't think yeah. it was safety. I think it was uh, other reasons. I doubt it was safety, considering they had it that way for like 30 years. <laughs> uh, but I mean, did. when did they renovate that? Sometime this century, you know. But it was definitely that way from when they opened it from 1978 through. I know at least. The early 2000s, the last time I was there before gone back last year, you know? It Last time you were up there, it had the 
I'm pretty sure it was up there in 2003 like that. It was definitely like that in 2000, you know? But, I mean, I didn't go back again until we went back last fall. But, I mean, you've been up there more often than I did, so. Yeah, and I can't remember exactly when. It just was like one day. It wasn't Hold on, somebody's knocking on my door. Hold on. You're not trying to to buy knives today, are you? Uh, you don't have to buy knives. You can uh, buy anything. She doesn't get it, Liv. Uh, well, you're trying to get me to buy something right now. No, you don't have to buy anything. What do you need me to do? Um, if you don't want to buy anything, you can give me some recommendations of some brand coworkers or family members who I can call. Who might get some help? Oh, um, I can't think of anybody right now. I'm sorry. Uh, you probably get turned down by a lot of people. She's not quitting. All right, I'm sorry. I would give you a donation, though, but they want you to sell to get the scholarship. All right, I'm sorry. I really hate that. Did you get her number? No, she was a high school student. <laughs> she was coming by. She's like, oh, I'm doing Cutco, uh, you know, scholarship program. I'm not asking for a donation or anything. And I, I felt terrible. I was like, well, what do you want me to do? She's like, oh. I was like, I was like, you want me to buy a knife? She's like, no, you don't have to buy a knife. She's like, they sell pots and pans too i was like i was like so you want me to buy something she's like no you can give me recommendations for other people the cut and i'm i really don't want to voice that on anybody i'm like oh i'm sorry i can't think of anybody and then i'm shirtless on top of it (laughs) but i'm like i was like i was like i'm sorry I was like, you probably get a lot of no's, though. She's like, yeah, I go around knocking all doors. Some people give me no's. Some people give me yes. I was like, I would give you a donation, but she's like, yeah, they don't want that. You know? I was like, I'd rather just give you a donation towards your scholarship fund than have to buy fucking knives. <laughs> Although they're good knives. Yeah, they're quality I know. Knives. It's just that I'm not going to sign up to buy knives right now out of the blue. Yeah, they're not even on Craigslist. Yeah. If you wanted knives, you'd go to Craigslist. Well, Craigslist isn't a great place for good knives, but but still, I'd I'd look around for a deal first because I know Cutco's probably going to charge me a bit of money for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I feel kind of bad. It's like, oh, because nobody, my door rarely gets knocked on, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I hope the kid does all right. That sucks. I mean. I mean, come on. Who wants to be going around knocking on people's doors? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, better at 16 than at 36, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, anyway, back to our heroes. Um, I can't find the the top ten list with the uh, with the Adam Sandler revisions, but but I did. I uh, I I redid my top ten list and made it Adam Sandler centric. And I was real proud of myself. It it was like kind of funny, you know. And it was at the time of year where people were coming out. Yeah. So like, yeah. like at some points in the year, I was literally doing top ten lists for nobody. Fifteen people. Well, because it was because if I remember correct, that show was like in September. It was one of the first things that happened when I was at SU. You know, so that's you know early in the semester where people are. Still jacked up for gone out before the shit really hits the fan. That was probably part of it, you know? That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so I did the top ten list, and then... Uh, for some uh, reason, I think it might have even been like September 5th, 1994, oddly enough, for whatever reason. But whatever. Uh, Do you have the date on there? I, I don't. I can't find it. Okay. I'm I looking at a picture it. of Simon and Garfunkel's greatest hits, because this is what I always think of quintessential 70, Simon. And that's... And to me, that is now Phil DeSantis. Uh, it's 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 the one where he's wearing the striped shirt. No, it's the one. Well, Garfunkel's wearing a striped shirt, but he's in a like it looks like a denim shirt with a blazer on. He's got the the little bebop hat. You know, it's it's a famous album yes, cover. Yes, that's a pretty good. That's the representation I have in my head of my dad from the seventies. All right. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking when you were saying it earlier. And to me, that's what a bebop hat, whatever they call it. (laughs) Whenever I think of my dad, I actually am picturing Paul Simon (laughs) on the cover of Simon and Garfunkel's Greatest Hits. (laughs) And is that like your uncle, Garfunkel? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's funny. All my dad's brothers look exactly like that. (laughs) (laughs) They were all dressed like Paul Simon? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, well, just in case there's somebody out there wondering what happens at the end of the Adam Sandler's top ten story, I go down and I say, uh, I go, I we we. But you to- you read out the top ten. You don't remember what the top, but but you can't find it right now, so you're not sure what the references were, right? R- correct, correct. But but he but heard you say the top ten. Well, here's where the here's where it gets a little dicey. Okay, all right. He was sitting underneath the DJ booth in the yeah that little back room, right? Little back room, as they yeah. would call it. Uh, and he had a couple bouncers. They had put a couple bouncers there, and they were kind of roping it off a little bit. But a bunch of chicks made their way back there, and he was sitting with a ton of chicks and stuff. And of at course. that point, he was still like Saturday Night Live, Adam Sandler. Yeah, it was very early. It was before Billy Madison even came out. So he had a couple buddies. He didn't have like a security detail or anything like that. Allegedly, his niece or cousin was at Syracuse at the time because I remember he said it during the show. Okay. Well, he was also a big Syracuse fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hence, big, big daddy. In big, big daddy, correct. So I go back and I obviously I know the bouncer, so they let me go there and I just say, "Hey, uh, Mr. Sandler, how you doing?" Uh, um, you know, hey, hope you, I saw the show. It was great. Hope you're having a good time. Uh, but I uh, just wanted to see if you heard that uh, top ten list. That was me. And he kind of gave the old Sandler face. <laughs> Why? Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I didn't hear. I don't know what you're talking about. And then that was it. And I was like, all right. I'll see you later. And then that was it. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a dick. And I'm not going to 
claim that he actually did hear it. He was intimidated, so he decided yeah, to... He probably didn't even think to be listening. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He didn't get... There was no, there was no podcast Like he didn't walk in, the in there thinking, oh, this is when they do uh, <laughs> Top 10. Maybe he'll modify it to mention me. <laughs> I've heard about this. This thing is all the rage on campus. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really funny, because Soap always says if the internet was a thing... Uh, back in the in the Halcyon days of the top ten, that it would be a thing, and uh, you know, <laughs> if, if the internet was a thing, it would be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I... Top, the top ten list would be a thing. Senior Sunday top ten. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. It's just funny how you said it. You know. So, I get I get the spirit of what you're saying. If the internet was a thing, it would have been a thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you want to be millennial. But the problem with that is top ten lists are lame now because so many people have done them. You know? So then it'd be like, oh, this old retread. Whereas when you were doing them, at least they had some some kind of quasi-originalism at the time. They weren't so derivative. and They weren't as derivative in 1994 as they are in 2016. It was basically uh, Letterman, then me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, let's skip all those T-shirts they used to sell to college students in the eighties. <laughs> no, you're thinking of Big Johnson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did we talk about that about the Letterman T-shirts? No, because what I remember, see, I used to, I, I probably start watching late night, probably like in 1987 or something. Uh-huh. You know, and it I mean it came on an hour earlier than it would have come on where you were, you know, because we're in the central time zone. You know, so our late local news is at ten o'clock. But it was still fucking late when you had to get up at six in the morning, you know? Yeah. But I, I used to watch it, but you know, late night was originally, you know, it was a big college phenomenon, you know? Just like later on Conan O'Brien was a college phenomenon. Because when it comes on that late, who's up to watch it? College students, you know? Yeah, exactly. But I always remember that, like, you know, I remember, like, playing sports at Metairie Playground. Usually the coaches, you know, generally a lot of times they were college-age dudes, you know, like, especially, like, during the summer, you know, guys who were back in town coaching the baseball team and whatnot, you know. And, uh, you know, like, just basic, you know, you had dads, but you also had a lot of college kids that coach teams. And one thing that I remember being common there and also just throughout uh, observation would be whatever college somebody went to, everyone had like a, a late night at like Auburn University. You know, it was like a standard style T-shirt, you know, where the front would be like on the pocket area. Not not necessarily a pocket, but where the pocket area would be. It'd be like in the style of late night with David Letterman. Late night at Tulane University. Late night LSU in the back would be like, Top 10 such and such at Tulane or top 10 things overheard at three in the morning at an LSU party. Yeah. You know, it was such a standard style because that was such a big thing back then, you know? Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 You're right. So it was Letterman, those t-shirts, then me. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you were a little better because you weren't just the t-shirts. Of course, you probably could have capitalized on the market, but hell. By the time you got there, they might have even quit selling those T-shirts. Because by the time you start doing... When did you start doing the list? Night three, maybe? 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Well, I started in freshman year, um, but I didn't get to Fagan's until probably fall of 93. Homecoming 93 was exactly uh, when I had started. Okay, and then by by that time, Letterman's already, or he's gone to CBS, or he's just starting CBS in 93. So that's probably not even a thing anymore. They're not even, Manny's probably... You know, probably wasn't even selling those shirts anymore at that point. You know? So you were yeah, like okay. a secret resurgence of the top ten list. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's not very often that you build me up, but I really appreciate it. Well, you no, I'm here. saying that it wasn't derivative because it was something like, you know, you, you owned it, you know? Right, right. As opposed to if you were doing it while the Manny's was still selling the, you know... Uh, yes, okay, I got you. Good point. Top thing, things you hear at a Kappa Sig party at 2 a.m. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. Because I'm sure that's where they would have sold it, you know, Manny's. <laughs> so, so you got the top ten list, and Adam Sandler just like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Yeah, put my tail between my legs and went on with the evening. Yeah, basically the- that was probably better than the whole, which I think we've talked about here before, the Jamie Secor shit with Oliver Stone. Yeah, no, I don't remember this because that was like on a senior Sunday too. That was like it must have been my last year there, so it was probably 1999. Okay, if not fall '98, but I think it might have been in the spring semester. He actually. I mean, as you pr- probably know, Born on the Fourth of July is supposed to take. There's a scene that's supposed to take place in the steps of Hendricks Chapel, you know. Right, right. But it was actually filmed in reality at SMU. Uh, okay. So even though that scene takes place in Syracuse, Oliver Stone had never really been to Syracuse, but he came there to give a speech that year, you know. And it was like a Sunday night. I remember I was hanging out at the bar with Ben Cook. And Jamie Secor was the DJ, and Oliver Stone came in there with a couple of compatriots, like a, another old guy, and maybe a you know two older dudes. They came walking in there, and he seemed a he seemed kind of fucked up already, you know, like just kind of like out of it, not like like he was like falling over. He just seemed like he was, you know, not w- all with it. You know, he seemed a little surly. Okay. Yeah, you know? but when he walks in. And he wasn't even there that long. And you can see he's just trying to keep a low profile because that's kind of like Waller Stone is, like doesn't really want too much attention. He's at the bar. And Jamie Secor being Jamie Secor. Jamie Secor. Yes. <laughs> being who he is. Yes. You know, gets wind that he's in there and he's like, Vegas would like to welcome famous, world famous director Oliver Stone to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> then all of a sudden, this whole group of kids gathers around him. Mean, you can tell he was just so uncomfortable. I remember we were right at the, it was like at the corner of the bar right there. You know, when you walk right into Fagan's, if you take a, a left right away up that first set of steps? Yes. You know, and you got the little corner. It was like, it all went down like right there. You know, and I remember, you know, it was a little controversy about that. I was like, oh, that was so, like, Ben Cook. And I was like, oh, that was so terrible. I can't believe he did that. And I was like, yeah, man, that was, <laughs> it was really bad. And I said something to Oliver Stone 
just to say something. I went up to him. I was like, hey, man, can I buy you a drink? He's like, no, no. I was like, I was like, I'll be honest with you. I just want to tell people that I bought Oliver Stone a drink. <laughs> thinking, <laughs> thinking he'd say, oh, all right. But, right. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Let me acquiesce so I can yeah, make I like, your night. Yeah, I was like, but but I was like, regardless, I still got the story that I offered you a drink. <laughs> and he turned you down. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's that's just as viable of a story as he took it. Yeah. I was like, you know, I could frame it as of course, you know, I could make him look like a real jerk, be like if he was a real gentleman, he would have said, Hey, I'm the multimillionaire and bought me a drink. <laughs> but, but in the end, I think he even didn't even pay his tab. Like they got a couple of drinks and I remember I think Brian like flipped over a cash, glass because they we're talking about Oliver Stone here. Relax. This is like uh, that David Letterman bit they used to do in Late Night. Br- brushes with fame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows up on the screen. Writer's embellishment. You know? <laughs> but I do think they walked out without paying for their drinks. But it was kind of just like, I, I, I kind of think because they just wanted to get the fuck out of there after all that shit went down. Because yeah. I think I might have said something to him before Jamie C. Corr announced that world-famous director Oliver Stone was in the bar. You know? Because uh, he was learned... standing right near us. He was standing right near Ben and I. Because Ben and whoever else, Bill might Bill Etson was probably with him, too. Because it was a senior Sunday. Not too many people were there, as normal. You know, it was like your typical, basic, like, 50-person crowd at a senior Sunday, you know? I uh, I learned to play it cool on the mic because uh, one time somebody gave a shout out to the bartenders and you know hey don't forget to tip your bartenders and um, Mike McGrath of all people uh, went over to the DJ and uh, at the end of the night was like hey man listen uh, don't ever do that again that's pretty hey, lowbrow right yeah right? yeah so uh, I got the the gist of his yeah uh, that is the type of thing you hear like in a strip club. Right, exactly. Or Darwin's. <laughs> yes, I'm more terrible. Yeah, yeah. And keep those tips flowing. <laughs> Adriana to the stage. Adriana. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times. Uh, what do you say we get this show started, huh? Wait, this isn't the show? Well, I got some big things. I got some big things I want. Okay, I want, you mean let's transition. Because this better be the fucking show we've been talking <laughs> for 40 minutes now. <laughs> um, a couple things. I wanted to... Uh... Especially BP complaining about how long our stories are. <laughs> oh, you blew it. You blew it. I was going to dip into the mailbag. Uh, I was gonna oh, what, what, mailbag were you, what do we have in the mailbag this week, Sanders? Uh, this is... Uh, says, hey guys, I'm laughing out loud here. I love the show. I listened to it. Uh, I listened to it. I listened to that and the one before that too. You both told you both told one story each. One. The show was an hour and a half long. Ha ha ha. Signed BP from Dorchester. <laughs> BP from Dorchester. I really hope it was saying I listened to your show while taking a dump. <laughs> That's I take long, really long dumps. That's one long dump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and he, he said like one one story was my story was forty seven minutes and yours is forty three minutes or something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, well, Wade Ely gets a load of 40 minutes and 41 seconds of uh, I guess Adam that was Sandler. the show where we were talking about, you know, friggin' smoking stuff. Because when you say one, one of the stories was barbecue and what was the other one? Oh, baseboards? Or, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you were talking about that must have been the whole thing with Roscoe and the baseboards. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on that fucking guy, will you? <laughs> He's 36. Is he out knocking on doors? Um, He's delivering pizza tonight. Okay. Oh, so he is. All right. Because I said knocking. You said better 16 than 36. Correct. That's (laughs) what I had in mind. Yeah. That was the personification. I figured you were going somewhere with that. Um, Well, did did he at least get his mid-afternoon nap in? uh, I want to say no, but I can't Uh be positive. Did he get his early afternoon nap in? Uh, no, I think he was on the go all day uh, long. What about his mid-morning nap? <laughs> <laughs> Did he get any of his naps in today? <laughs> First nap, second nap. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I hope, I hope he never listens to this. Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't. And it's nothing I don't tell him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Square up so it doesn't matter. I'm sure a guy would crack his ass up if he heard it though. <laughs> um yeah, so uh, relatively quiet night around here. Okay. Relatively quiet night around here. The other uh the other inhabitants I think are out and about, maybe. I don't know. Oh, uh, the doctors. People are showering. So the doctors never materialized. Wait, that doctor it was it was a guy that was coming there, right? Yeah, he was here for a month. He was um he was the prototype and it didn't it the second class never materialized. Oh, he was only there for a month? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was gonna be the beauty of the whole situation is every month there'd be a new be a revolving door. Yeah. Okay. So there's I thought another... it would be like a semester long type of thing, you know, more than no. a month. In April, the new residents come in. Okay. And that's a longer-term type of deal. Yeah, yeah, because that's like two years, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Maybe even more than that. Yeah, okay. So, no, now I've got two other full-timers uh, in addition to Roscoe. So it gets a little, little dicey. There's a girl whose bed you still haven't fixed. I fixed it. She sent me a text and said thank you very much oh now so, it, so something got done over the weekend nice that next day i went out and did it we recorded last thursday yeah you felt next, so guilted by it all i huh? did i did because yeah. it was a real scumbag move on my part you know yeah you know to like not get that done and she was she was super um super patient so um i went out and got that done and then there's a new full-timer um you know Similar story. Ne'er do well. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. That's the one. So, um, you know, everybody's nice. It's another female? Yes. Yeah. What room is she in? She's in the, uh, as I refer to it as the Asbury room. That, the back room, the Roscoe room. The Roscoe room. The one I had to paint. Near the bathroom. Tara's old room. Wait. Roscoe is in the room that's on the street now, right? Correct. But the one okay. that Roscoe... And the one that was his room when I was there was the room immediately when you walk out of that room to the right, right? Correct. And that's the... And then there was the Tara Fox suite down the way. Yes. 
The one that um, looked like a, a, a flop house. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, now it's the opposite of a flop house, but that's the room Roscoe defiled. Uh, that's the one. That's the yes. one where he he went crazy with the sanding. <laughs> yes. Yep. And now it looks great because I have I hung pictures, I hung molding, I painted it, like I got it all squared away, and it's it's a good looking room now. Uh, okay. Ceil- I put up some cove molding on the ceiling. It doesn't look so great. It's kind of yeah. shitty, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Cove molding. What's that? It's like it's it's not crown molding. It's yeah. but it's molding that goes on the ceiling. Okay, okay. Uh, I did a shitty job with it, but listen, I'm not perfect. All right, so the new person is in there. New person is in there, yeah. All right, and the other girl is in the old Roscoe bedroom. Correct. All right, and Roscoe is in the street side. Yes. And you're in the attic. I'm in the attic, to which I am uh, contemplating even further additions and renovations. Uh, today, I... I I said I gotta put a little kitchen table up here for myself because <laughs> <laughs> my goal is uh, to spend as much time up here as possible. You're like the <laughs> Phantom of Asbury, exactly. Toilet exactly. away in the attic. <laughs> uh, I am gonna have to put a bathroom up here eventually, uh, and I'm hoping that I, I dig uh, that's myself. That's such a pain in the ass because there's always so many problems you can have when you put a new bathroom in. You know, yeah, with all the well, plumbing issues. I I just escaped shitting myself last night because all the bathrooms uh, were occupied. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, now you got three people in the house in addition to you. Yeah, you might have to. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm pretty good about understanding the situation. You know, yeah. I it's it's a means to an end. But there's a couple things that drive me crazy that. Regardless of of the financial benefit that I'm getting, I just don't understand how they go down. Um, ba- people using bathrooms is not one of them. However, I'm 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 totally understanding of that. I was not angry at the fact that they were occupied. Other people have to go to the bathroom. You know, they don't know when I'm gonna yeah. have to go, and they don't know that I can't control my own bowels. Yeah, like you this know? guy, he he's a decent. Landlord, the rent's not out of control, but you gotta watch out because he's got one hell of an issue with his bowels, and he will harass <laughs> the hell out of you. <laughs> right when you're in there brushing your teeth to go to bed, he'll come running in. <laughs> <laughs> right, double up. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'll be like on those reviews, you know, rate my landlord. You know? <laughs> guy always needs to take a shit at the most inconvenient times. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's my Airbnb. All my Airbnb yeah. reviews are great location, beautiful, quaint house, room spotless. Only downside, <laughs> owner needs to shit when you brush your teeth every night. <laughs> <laughs> Says he is IBS, but I think he's just a jerk. <laughs> oh man, uh, good times, man, good times. Um, so what? The, what else? You said you had something good to. Oh yes, yeah. The highlight of my week, man. I um, I watched the Amanda Knox documentary. Oh, Foxy Knox. Netflix. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, so did she do it? 
Well, listen, I'm going to cut to the chase. Because believe it or not, I think there's some people who don't know about Foxy Noxy. I mean, I know of it. I just never really investigate. It was a... Let's throw it up a little bit. She was an American student. She was living in Italy, right? Yep. Yeah, she, okay. she went to do a semester abroad. Uh, she was kind of a nerdy, you know, goofy, weird kind of chick, quirky little chick. Uh, but when she went to Italy, you know, the caterpillar turned into a butterfly, right? All of a sudden, speaking as, a, as an expat who's lived abroad... Uh, and speaking as a former expat living abroad, like there is an appeal to being an American in certain certain circumstances uh, yeah. in foreign countries. And so she benefited from that and um, got a boyfriend and was like a cool chick or whatever. And one of her roommates was murdered. She became the prime suspect. She was... Um, found was it, guilty. What was the? It was a. Was it a British national that was murdered? Yes, another co- a British college student. Okay, yep. that's what I thought it was. Yep, she lived with a couple college students, and and one of them ended up getting brutally murdered, throat slashed, like a real messy scene. Yeah, and she was uh, convicted. Then it was overturned on appeal. Then was convicted after the appeal um, was heard again. And then finally the Italian Supreme Court had um, had exonerated her and her co-defendant. Now here's the, the, the documentary does a pretty good job of explaining all the things that you don't know. What you do know about the whole case is that it was a media circus. Yeah. And she was painted as this like, this vixen, this yeah. like sex crazed demonic. Chick. I mean, that's all I knew. That they referred to her as Foxy Noxy. Yeah, and a lot of her behavior immediately. And following... the Italians are like, she's like guilty. Well, okay. So, <laughs> what you don't realize, or maybe you don't know about the story, is that there was a local prosecutor, like a local constable, who really had a hard on for this case the the town yeah. that this took place in was this l- small little italian town well, i heard that's one of the things yeah like whenever that was a couple of years ago when it was first hit and i saw something about it, it seemed to be kind of motivation was to show these fucking party boys basically you know these college kids that come in you know uh basically to show them you know right like right. that seemed to be part of the motivation. It's like, oh yeah, you think you can come here and fuck around and get away with shit? And the the constable, the prosecutor, starts out his interview. They the the, the documentary is done great. She um she's featured in it, but not overly featured in it. Uh, the guy, her boyfriend, who was also convicted, is featured in it. The attorneys, like all the major players, are have a part. And this okay. prosecutor starts off his part of the interview by saying, I've always been fascinated with Sherlock Holmes. I think it's great police work to find things that... This is the Italian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he says, I I think it's great police work to find things that aren't really there. So he wants to be this, like, larger-than-life, you know, Sherlock Holmes, Columbia type of guy. And he's just a real smug asshole 
smokes a pipe. Like, yeah. Everything about him is really horrible. And everything he talks about. You know who how, smokes a pipe? Uh, in this day and age, Charles Nelson Riley. Brian Peters. Oh, he does smoke a pipe, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to lay that down, before, you know, because I want to put on record how you're saying how the guy's an asshole because he smokes a pipe. <laughs> right, I, just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure that was on the record. There, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, go on. Sorry. Sorry. To um, that's right. <laughs> but if I am going to interrupt, I'm going to make sure I take you down real hard, Sanders. <laughs> I'll build you up somewhere else later on. <laughs> so um, the whole case, and this is what I didn't realize, hinged on two pieces of DNA that were later found to be not only a product of contamination, but insignificant to begin with. Okay, how so, were they contaminated? What was it and how was it contaminated? So in the in the room of the of uh, the the crime scene the bedroom where the where the chick was murdered they found countless dnas of this guy rudy something who who actually was convicted and his conviction stuck he's, he's rudy tomjanovich the uh, not rudy tomjanovich not former uh houston rockets uh coach um but this guy who was convicted, and I'm going to call him the murderer because he's the only one who was convicted. Wait, was of murder. he one of the roommates? No, a guy, a guy that this chick had met, just a guy. Okay, like met at a bar or something. Yep. yep. He was a dude from the neighborhood. Um, so, is a man that knocks even friends with that guy? Nope. Nope. Okay. She knew. Plot thickens. She, she knew of him. Um, he hung around the, the neighborhood. He played basketball. So they convicted the him first. They convicted him first. Exactly. Okay. And he admitted to being in the room. He admitted to being there that night, but he said he had left. And during a during a um, an informant, uh, a, a, a police informant had bugged a, a phone that he was on, and he had said, "I was at the place, and and I was there, and and I was fooling around with the girl, but we didn't have sex. Um, but I was the only one there. Amanda Knox wasn't there." During his trial, he flipped his his script and said, "Start throwing her under the bus." Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was convicted. His DNA was all over the room. In the room, there was one trace of Amanda Knox's boyfriend's DNA. No traces of Amanda Knox's DNA. But Amanda Knox's boyfriend was clearly in the house at some point in the past. Was her boyfriend? Yeah, but that's not outside of the realm of acceptable since they live together, right? She exactly. lived with the totally. roommate. So, of course, there's a chance his, his shit might end up in her room anyway. Exactly. And it was only one trace yeah. piece of DNA. The second one was a, was a knife that they confiscated from the boyfriend's house. Okay. And this is where I was I was sold for a minute and a half. On the knife was Amanda Knox's DNA on the handle. Okay, that makes sense. She used You were sold for a minute and a half, you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she used the knife at his at the boyfriend's house. That's cool. That's fine. But on the blade there was a trace of DNA on of the murder victim. Da-na-na. That's it. Yeah. I, I, I buy in. Foxy Noxy did it, right? 
Yeah. How else can the DNA get there? The appeals court had, before they rendered their verdict, had an independent um, investigation sang- um, commissioned to look solely at DNA evidence. An and investigatory. <laughs> when they did the the evidence, when they did the investigation, they had interviewed all of the DNA scientists and said, or all, all the 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 lab uh, scientists and said, "Well, did you quarantine this piece of evidence before you examined it?" And they said, "No, we examined it at the same time as we examined all of the evidence." So they've got all of these pieces of evidence out, and they're examining like them in a box. Yes, yes. So there's cross contamination, and yeah. the investigators found that not only was the DNA on the knife, which was presented or represented as the victims, was not only trace and insignificant, it was inconclusive. It may not have even been hers anyway. Yeah, yeah, because it was so fucked up. So that's it. Those were the two pieces. And that's of what scientific. they convicted her on the first time around. Yes. Those two. So pieces how did it go? It got convicted. Then it was reversed. How and then she was convicted again, but she had left the country at that point. Yeah. So so that's where it pretty much stands now. Nope. The uh, in 2015, I believe, um, eight years after the murder, the Supreme Italian Supreme Court had. Um, had uh, reversed it all, saying that that all of the evidence was uh, was inconsequential, and the second conviction was all based on circumstantial evidence. Like apparently, the day she was being interviewed uh, by the police, or or the police were doing their investigation, she was like canoodling with her boyfriend. Hmm. She was doing cartwheels. Now they they opened the documentary with her. In Seattle, which is where she's from, and she lives now, making with Casey dinner. Anthony, right? Yes, she lives with Casey Anthony. They're roommates. <laughs> it's um, it's actually a Bravo reality series. Yes, the exonerated, <laughs> uh, uh, hot or not. That's yes, what they, uh, that's what they they've t- working title of the show. Yeah. Uh, but this chick, who's hot I don't know, not. I don't know, in her th- late twenties, early thirties at this point, uh, lives alone in this like. You know, nondescript Seattle neighborhood in a little tiny one, you know, bedroom ranch house uh, with her cat. You know, okay. it's sad. It's like, it's probably what she might have been destined to be before all of this. But that would have just been, you know, her lot in life. You know? Yeah, now it's but, like she's in hiding. Yes, exactly. Um, and she's a little weird because she's not. She like, actually interviewed for it. Yeah, and, and was pretty pretty good. She was pretty compelling, and and um, it, you know didn't really draw you in one direction or the other. Yeah, you know you weren't like she definitely did it. She's crazy, or you weren't like oh I have so much sympathy for her. You just kind of watched her and she did what she did. But she's got this demeanor about her. She's um, she's cute. I think she's she's a cute chick. Yeah, you yeah. know she's she's what I would consider. Uh, attainable for a guy like me. Yeah, for a guy like you too. You know? Oh, even for me? Even for you. <laughs> even for you. She's in my wheelhouse. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
Jody Skolnick and 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 Amanda Knox would probably uh, all be in the same sorority if they were, you know, maybe fighting over the scraps of Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> and and like I, I'm not, I don't have a, a, a an attraction to crazy. You know, that's not. But crazy uh, has an attraction to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's false. That's false. Um, but. So like she, I don't have like this train wreck, um, you know. She doesn't. Amanda Knox to me doesn't have a train wreck appeal. I just look at her and I'm like, oh, she's kind of cute. But she's just in bad circumstances. She absolutely, absolutely. Yes. And for a minute of that hour and twenty minute documentary, I thought she had done it. But everything else, you're watching it, you're like, man, she really did get a <clears throat> get the get the short end of the stick, but. What I didn't realize was the the person in this whole story who gets fucked royally is the boyfriend. He got convicted, right? He got he and he had the same fate as her. He's now a free man. But uh, okay. one, he's an Italian citizen, so he couldn't he couldn't jet when she yeah, jetted. Yeah, yeah. And she would have fought extradition or whatever, and I think the U.S. government would have put their foot down and said, "We're not, we're not going to extradite her." But the way European law works is, even for the most brutal murder in the world, he probably would have already been out of jail by now anyway. Uh, the other guy is is cut is getting out of jail, right? Yes, yes. yes. They don't You're put anybody right. away for too long over there. But here's the deal: the boyfriend was only dating her for five days. <laughs> oh, God. That's like, that's almost as bad as dating somebody for five days and having to bring them to the airport or help them move. Yes. <laughs> almost yes. as bad as almost that. Almost as bad as that. <laughs> this is third on the list. It's help them move, bring them to the airport, get convicted of homicide. <laughs> yeah. Take the fall from bogus homicide conviction. <laughs> And I felt so bad for the dude because now you look at him and, um, you know, he's a real handsome fella. Yeah. He's got the long flowing hair and stuff. But apparently what his story was, he he was like a geeky, chubby computer nerd before he met Amanda Knox. And maybe he had lost some weight or something right before he met her. And he's like, boom. Yeah. And he's probably staying the fuck away from American girls now. I would hope so. I would hope so. Because uh, he probably yes. thought, yeah, this is a feather in his cap now. He's good looking, going to get one of these cute American broads. Yeah, yep. And uh, he lands himself in jail. Oh, God, that sucks. And when she takes off after the conviction is overturned the first time, he's got to stay. Yeah, he can't just friggin' jet yeah. and wait for them to deal with it all. No, so he goes back to jail and he's got to wait for the uh, Supreme Court to overturn it. And uh, and the bitch of the bunch is that after they were convicted the first time, he tells a story about how she broke up with him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Can you believe she that? She broke up with him when they were, right after the first conviction? At some point during between their arrest and their conviction, they they go to him and they're talking in the sequence of the story. They're talking to him about you know the trial and the conviction and stuff. And he's like, "All I could think about 
was 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 Amanda. I wanted to see Amanda. I wanted to send her flowers on her birthday. I wanted to to let her know I was thinking about her. And then there's a huge pause. And he says, you know, he's speaking in his broken English, and he says his English, which they have to subtitle. That's yeah, how yeah. broken it is. And he says, but she made it very clear that she did not want, she did not have those feelings for me anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, but that's just, you know what that is? That's like, that's like going to Italy. And you know you're you're in Venice and you get the caricature of yourself on the on, on the gondola, yeah, right. And then that's you know that's your Italian caricature. That's your your European vacation caricature. That he lived like the most extreme caricature there is. You know, <laughs> date this kind of weird, quirky, cute, broad. Uh, get convicted of murder and five days later he, she breaks up with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How terrible is that? It's like yeah, you got with was, her just long enough to get convicted of murder for hanging out with her. Uh, but it was good. It was a good documentary. I, that I'm, poor I'm, bastard. I'm partial to documentary uh, movies anyway. Um, but nice. that, was a, that was a good one. Not as good as um, as far as like shaping your your viewpoint on something. I like when a documentary does that, you know, kind of yeah. brings you along and then lets you make decisions and then refutes it. And then in the end, you're kind of wondering what, what's up. What does this all mean? Yeah. Making a murderer is the kind of the closest parallel between, uh, that I can come up with. In terms okay. Of the two stories. And, um, it's, it leaves you feeling nothing like that. Like making a murderer did. Yeah. You know, you're very definitive. You, if you don't come out of this Amanda Knox documentary seeing Yeah, like she where is, she just got, you know, that it was just bogus. Whereas, even though I didn't watch Making Murder, I did read a bit about it. It's like, yeah, maybe he's not really a murderer, but he was definitely kind of a skeezy dude type of thing. Yeah, yeah. He definitely was up to something. There's debate. You know, yeah. there's, there's two sides of the fence. Yep. You just really have to hate. Amanda Knox to think that she did it after you watch that documentary, you know, and of course then, I mean, the, the documentarians obviously, you know, had a viewpoint. I wonder what Casey Anthony thinks. She's like, oh, that bitch got off. <laughs> Wait, did, Casey Anthony also was found Yeah, she got off. Yeah, what were the, because it was She killed all, her baby. She was the clubbing mom or whatever. Yeah, but it was, um, it was did they find the body of the baby? I don't know. But I, mean, I know <laughs> the whole controversy really was about, well, you know, she didn't kill her, but she was out partying. Why would you be out partying? You know, all that bullshit. Yeah, but I can't remember. Was she was was the case, was it all circumstantial evidence? I'm not or sure. Or did she beat I'm not DNA sure. evidence? I mean, you can buy time while you Google it. As I feel you were doing right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Was I wouldn't it? Get, uh... <laughs> I wouldn't even give Casey Anthony the satisfaction of a Google. No, fuck Casey Anthony. Yeah, that's it, that's horrid. Yeah, screw her. Because uh, she probably another... actually did do it. Yeah, no doubt. There's another... Isn't there another... Uh, another mom story along those lines... There's the woman who drove her car into the... Yeah, crazy. Yeah, 
that claim that like two Hispanic people did it or something. That was in South Carolina. Oh, I oh there's around here. There's a um, there was a uh, fatal car crash. A mom was driving a minivan on the wrong side of like the Taconic Parkway. Ended up killing her, her kids, and her brother's kids, or something like that. Oh, I think I heard about that one. That might have been Dateline NBC, possibly. It could have been. Because yeah, well, yeah, it was like, and she killed somebody else, right? Like, yeah, innocent yes. people in other cars, right? Um, like she was gone the wrong way, and she killed somebody else, right? Not just the people that she was trying to kill with her, right? Yeah. So it was called the 2009 Taconic Parkway crash. Uh, let's see if the eight deaths. Damn. Eight deaths, and um. So, Schuler, I don't know, what's her name? You know what the damn shame about all that is? What's that? Fucking Petal survives that bullshit, and then he gets killed by some fucking Yahoo <laughs> with a bow and arrow. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let's talk about Petals. Let's talk about Petals. Petal survives that bullshit. You know, he walks away from that, but then gets killed. So some... is this a national story? Oh yeah, yeah. Is this is this Cecil the Lion big? I don't know if it's Cecil the Lion big. I think it's, it's more because it's where Cecil the Lion where people want to kill the guy. I'm sure the people would want to kill the hunter. The problem is they're coming out and you know, the Jersey game wildlife and game or whatever is like it was totally legit, you know? Okay. As opposed okay. to Cecil, and they're like, oh, well, you know, he wasn't, te- you know, technically he wasn't supposed to kill that lion. To me, it just sounds like bullshit. And I saw something about it online the other day because the New York Times reported on it. You know? Like, there was a, it was on Didspin, and it was linking how the New York Times to a New York Times article about pedals being dead. And then when I was texting you about it, it's because they were talking about it more in depth on Inside Edition. And they went and talked to some guy who owns this bar down there. I don't know, Sullivan's or whatever. Apparently, he had posted something on Facebook, on the Petals Facebook page a while back about how he wants to kill Petals. You know, and and they're like, did you kill Petals? And he's like, no. He's like, I want to tell you if I did. He's like, but everybody's been harassing the shit out of him because they think, because he said it on the Facebook page that he wanted to kill Petals. Yeah, well, regardless crazy. whether he Yeah, regardless whether he killed him or not, he deserves to be harassed for being yeah. that big of a douchebag to draw attention to himself by saying I'm going to kill Petals. Yeah, he's like they've been threatening my bar and all this shit. It's like, well, "Why are you going out of your way to say you want to kill this bear?" Yeah. I mean, right. it looked like it was a jacked up fucking bear. It was a, apparently it had been in some type of fire too or something, and one of its arms was fucking like all both of its arms were fucked up. But one was really fucked up, you know? Like, he didn't look like he could really hurt too many people. Yeah, one you know? of his arms was just a nub. Well, Yeah, he, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. It was, like, I mean, I know a bear even like that is still dangerous, but still, it didn't look like, you know, like, oh, no, we got to kill that bear. You know? He's... He's really the most dangerous when he's got his head in your garbage can and you sneak up behind him and get within striking distance and scare him. Yeah. Otherwise, he can't catch you 
as yep. running he on walks his back up, legs. Right. Yes, because he can't walk. He can't run on all fours like a bear. Exactly. And the thing is, I mean, I know they have a bear hunting season, but he was in the neighborhood so much he probably wasn't too afraid of people. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the story. And this is my other problem with it. On Inside Edition, they showed the evidence that was presented to them by the Department of Wildlife and Game or whatever, whatever, the, whatever it's called up there, you know? Okay. Um, and it was a photo of Petal's body hanging in a black pickup truck, you know, with coolers and a bag of apples that they baited him with. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, even though they got him with a bow and arrow, which is far, I'm not a hunter, but I'm always saying if you can get him with a bow and arrow, that's fine. But still, the idea that they went out and put out a bunch of apples to draw him into the area, I find that such chicken shit, you know? Yeah, listen, I'm not a hunter, so I don't know what hunting best practices are. Yeah, I'm not a hunter either, but that just sounds like chicken shit to me. Doesn't it? I mean, to me it does, but that's because I'm not a hunter. You know what I mean? Like, yes, that that sounds like Well, a lot of hunters are assholes, you know? But, I mean, they got people that do, you know, like the ones that are out there were high-powered fucking uh, semi-automatic friggin' guns and shit. Yes, you need that to hunt. It's like you're really probably not much of a marksman if you need to fucking unload 50 fucking bullets in two minutes to to <laughs> to get your prey, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a whole other story. Yeah, but yeah. the idea, but I'm always like, yeah, people that do bow and arrow, to me, they, I, they get more respect for me because that shit's a lot harder. But you lose a little, but I lose a lot of respect when, when I found out that these motherfuckers are putting out bags of apples to draw the bears out. You know, to me, it seems like you should, if like you needed to survive on bear meat, that'd be one thing. Okay. But no one that's hunting those bears needs to survive on bear meat. This isn't fucking, this isn't New Jersey circa 1720 and you better go out and kill yourself a bear if you want to eat, uh, for the for the next fucking two months, you know. Yeah, and, and it it's it, it's it would be especially troubling if in that community that community considers that bullshit. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It that would make it that would make it extra heinous. Yep. And if that's the case, and it's this guy, that is that's bullshit. Yeah, like, I, I mean, get it. I, I don't know. I've always thought that was bullshit. I know they do it for deer. They put out corn. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't, that doesn't seem like much of a sport to me. Go out and put tasty shit that they like and then kill them. I mean, that seems totally different than getting a fish because fishing is fucking hard. Yes. You know? Yeah, you yes. put a bait on a hook, but you're getting, you're trying to get one fucking fish to get that one little thing of bait. Out of a whole big body of water, you know? So the only difference, though, the the difference in New Jersey compared to some other places, like even as close as Pennsylvania, but, you know, especially uh, especially uh, different than places like Montana or, you know, Minnesota, where it's actually the wild, right? Um, yeah. All these hunts are sanctioned for herd control, right? Yeah, yeah. So... They're either very short seasons and uh, there's limits on, you know, what you can kill and, and who you can kill and how many you can kill, right? So 
Um, to that extent, it's 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 like it's really not even a sport. It's almost like a uh, I don't want to say a public service, but it's almost yeah. like uh, you know a civil service. I mean, where, and I understand the whole idea that we need hunting to control populations. I get that, you know, but it just seems I don't know. Just seems like if I saw, you know. Let's put it this way. If it was legal to hunt humans, I wouldn't be going after the fucking crippled kid, you know? <laughs> right. I wouldn't put out a fucking bunch of lollipops in the street and wait for a crippled kid to come walking by and then fucking kill him. Because you know whoever saw that freaking bear and shot him with the bow and arrow could tell he was fucking jacked up when he saw him. Yeah. You know? I would have been like, oh, well, let this bear go another day. It's like you really, and I'm sure the asshole had to know that it was that friggin' bear, because he was probably from that area. Uh, speaking of hunters, you know who's a murderer? Who's that? Roscoe. Oh, what the Roscoe murder? So he's got this BB gun, and it all started when we've got the. Uh, Please the... let's 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 remind the audience how old Roscoe is again. <laughs> 36. Okay. So he's got the toy of a 12-year-old boy. All right, Correct. let's go on. And um, it all started when we've got those neighbors, the... 12-year-old uh, psychopath. The, <laughs> the uh, urban Melrose place, you know, that little uh, uh, that little enclave behind me where they're always getting in fights and yeah, getting yeah, drunk yeah, yeah. during the day and whatever. Um, all the you disability freaking really people. pisses... It really pisses Roscoe off, you know. Yeah, uh, he yells, "Shut up!" You know, but to himself, not loud enough for anybody to hear. Um, Out of fear that they might actually come and start cor- something with him. Correct. Well, his he took a trip up to Syracuse one time. He came back. He's like, "Don't worry, problem solved. I got a BB <laughs> gun." So he, I'm like, "What are you gonna do with the BB gun?" He's like, "I'll just fire it." I'm like. <laughs> You're gonna fire a beam like gun. like just, it's gonna make the same noise as like an actual gun, right? And worst case scenario, you hit a guy's eye, and now he's gonna sue us. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. But I mean, like fire. Just, it's one thing. Like we got a shotgun, and people be like, "Oh no, I just heard a shotgun blast or something." If you got shooting the air, but what's a BB gun? If you shoot in the air, it just goes pew. <laughs> so <laughs> no one even knows. These guys sit around at two o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon playing craps and drinking beer. Do you think? They won't sue if you knock one of their eyes out? Yeah. Of course they're going to sue. Oh, of course. I mean, they're probably all sitting there collecting judgments and disability and everything else anyway. Workers' comp. They're actually hoping somebody from Central New York comes around with a BB gun and shoots their eye out. Yeah, of course. That's like a blessing. Right. So the the BB gun is sat mostly mostly untouched for, for about a year. But I'm out in the yard a couple weeks ago, and um, there, I turn my head. I'm, I'm fussing with the dogs, and I turn my head, and about, I'm gonna say about three feet away from me, sitting on the fence post, is a crow, and it's just eyeing me down. And have you ever have you ever read or seen reports about how nasty crows are? Uh. Not really. I mean, I know people think they're a harbinger of death or whatever. When they do studies on on um, on murders of crows, 
I was watching a thing about them on Nature once on PBS. They were talking about how smart they fucking are. You have to wear a mask. Yeah. So they can't identify you because they've been known to attack the scientists that disturb the murder. Okay. Right? So um, I, I don't want to mess with this. I want this crow out of here. So I shoo the crow, but it won't go anywhere. It, it, it squawks back at me. And I try to get the dogs to, you know, kind of state their claim. And uh, the dogs don't want to have anything to do with the crow. And I'm like, Roscoe. He's like, what? I go, get the BB gun. I just want you to scare this crow away. He's like, I'm on it. <laughs> so I, I hear him come down the stairs and I hear and I'm like, whoa, yeah, pump in the air. <laughs> yes. I'm like one pump. And he's like, what? That's not even anything. That's not anything. I'm like one pump. I go fire that into the ground. We're not shooting a crow with that amount of air pressure. He's like, come on. And he fires it into the ground. And then he pumps it. Then I'm like, all right, go ahead. Just aim for his tail and get him out of here. And he pumps it up. I wasn't paying attention, but I think he went three or four times and he shoots the crow. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Kills the crow. Dead. And I'm like, That's terrible. are you fucking kidding me? And I'm sure it's a crime. I told you just to scare the crow away. When we were uh, when we were younger, um, there were my mom had just put up a, a bird feeder, and the squirrels would try to get into the bird feeder. So we would like, yeah, squirrels locks. suck. They all. My mother always put them up. And fucking squirrels always destroy the damn bird feeders. Yes, and. I've got no sympathy for the squirrels. Yep. I, I, I don't have much sympathy for this crow because obviously it was freaking me out. Um, but there was no reason to kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And it's one of those things where you're, you kind of don't know what you're doing. You know, I'm going to guess Roscoe never shot the BB gun before. <laughs> <laughs> or no. He's like little pumps. Bart Simpson, the episode of Simpsons where he thinks he's gonna he's with Nelson and Nelson's like, shoot the bird, and he's like and he intentionally aims away, but then the bird gets killed anyway, and Nelson's like, Oh great, you even knew to 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 account for the missile line barrel or something. Right. Right. <laughs> oh god. What So I was yeah. like, uh What's the, uh, oh, it's uh, Goodfellas, right? I'm like, you're going to dig the fucking hole. <laughs> He's like, what? I'm like, you're digging the fucking hole. I'm not digging it. <laughs> Did you have him bury the crow? No, I had him bag it up and dispose of it, but um, I mean, at least give it, it some dignity, right? Throw it in yeah, the garbage. Exactly. <laughs> I remember I was probably like 11 or Actually, probably like 12 or 13 or something, you know, trying to think what it was. You know, my mother used to own this little yogurt shop, cafe place, uh, you know, down the street from where I grew up, you know, near the school. And I had a bunch of friends that lived back in the neighborhood right behind the school. And, you know, it was like in this little strip mall with all kinds of little businesses. You know, there was a grocery store and there was a, uh, a pet store in there, you know. So, like, people would be passing through it all day, you know? 
And I remember I was there one day and I saw some of my buddies. One was my buddy Colin, the guy that took that couldn't take good pictures of us. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, and I saw those guys. I went to go. Ha- I was like, oh, wait, it's those guys. So I went off to hang out with them to go down their neighborhood. And, you know, it was the time when they had finally gotten a hold of the BB guns, you know? And pellet yeah. guns, you know, the, you know, the hey, little pellets, all, too. Uh, you get, you're getting all uh, muffly and, and, uh, and gobbly right. there. Am get, I here? Get yourself right. Get Are we good now? Are we good We're now? We're great now. We're great now. Okay. So I go with those guys, and they got the BB guns, and they're shooting them. And then I see what they're doing, and they're trying to shoot squirrels and crows and shit. And I was like... Oh, uh, and I totally did pull the Bart Simpson where I intentionally did not, tr- and I didn't kill the squirrel. I mean, I really didn't hit him because it's like, I was like, I can't hang out with these fucking guys. They're fucking psychopaths. They're trying to kill small animals for no reason at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, this is the behavior of serial killers. <laughs> I remember uh, I was a little kid and, uh. I was probably, I don't know, Star Wars came out. It was probably like eight or nine. I had all the toys and stuff. And kids who lived down the street, um, we weren't really allowed to play with them. But, like, there weren't many kids on our street. So there were the, there was slim pickings. So, and they were kind of the bad kids. Yeah, they were really the bad kids, right? Yeah, yeah. So, not only were they the bad kids, they hung out with the really bad kids who lived, like, around the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were over uh, the, the the brothers who were kind of bad kids and uh, the really bad kid. And we were hanging out in front of my house and one of them caught a, a frog. And I had, I had this, like, Star Wars, um, I don't know, it was one of the ships, right? But it was yeah. made out of, like, plastic, uh, like soft, you know, like cardboard covered over with, uh, with laminate, right? Yeah, So yeah. you could throw it up in the air, and it could fall, and it wouldn't break. Yep. So they take this frog, and they put it in to this <laughs> capsule, right? And they're throwing it in the air and letting it land to the ground. And they did this until a fucking frog died. Jesus. And I was like, this is not right. <laughs> you know, I'm eight. They're probably like 13. Yeah. You know, they were definitely they were definitely older kids. And they were like scummy kids. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they smoked and, you know. The first like, kid, you know, to get arrested. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, I bet if I Googled this one kid, I bet he's been arrested before. Well, that was like this guy, I think he was my brother Josh's age, and he was just the scumbag kid growing up. Like, even when you were five years old, you know, even when he was five, it was one of those people you knew you didn't want your kids to hang out with. You know, and he was always a fuck-up, you know? Yeah. And then years later, he had gone to jail for... One of the things he ended up getting convicted of was intentionally spreading the HIV virus, you know? Oh. And it's like, yep, you know, you're fucking lowest of the low, and that's the shit you get convicted of, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, what a dirtbag. Yeah, it's like, that is a ultimate, like, dirtbag crime. You know, knowingly exposing somebody to HIV without informing them, you know? <laughs> 
It's like, yep, you're a scumbag. Which he probably got in his first stint in prison, for all we know, you know? Uh, Danny Lanko is the kid. He was a really bad kid. And let me see where he lives now. Yeah, he lives in the Poconos. (laughs) Yep. That's the type of place where, like, a lot of white trash people end up, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, full-timers. If you're a full-time... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're year-round Pocono. Real estate's cheap. Yep. Yeah, he's 46, right? I'm 42. So he was... I was 8. I was 9. He was, like, 13. (laughs) Yeah, if I see him today. I hope I run into him. (laughs) I hope I run into him. Or maybe not. You know, he might, like, stab you or something. (laughs) Oh, no. I'd stand up to him. Listen here, man. Uh, you killed that fucking frog back in '82. <laughs> so it looks like he's in a band. Uh, a band called Always Kicking Ass. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, let's see, AKA Band dot or oh, cool. their thing doesn't work. Always uh, Kicking Ass, AKA. <laughs> oh, let's see. They play 80s metal to Steely Dan. To Steely Dan? Huh? That's unexpected. Yeah, so this kind of looks like... The metal expected. Steely Dan, unexpected. Uh, yeah, and he's total white trash, dude. <laughs> he's total white trash, dude. Fuck you, Danny Lanko. Yeah, Danny Lanko. We don't like you. Yeah, he was friends with uh, Sean Christ. That was the kid uh, who was uh, who was my neighbor. <laughs> and the Christs were nice people. Christs yeah. were nice people. They uh, the parents were nice, but the kid. My mom always said he was uh, adopted. He's a little bit of a lost soul. <laughs> wayward, wayward uh, soul. Yeah, she would always say that the the uh, uh, the the. Steppenwolf song, Snowblind Child, was about him. <laughs> Snowblind uh, Child, nice. Uh, oh, jeez. Well, hey, man, last week was good. I fi- I actually got my $500 from AT&T for that damage to my house. Oh, there you go. I can't believe I actually got paid on it. The only problem was the check didn't come in enough time for me to... See the deal on the on the internet ended on the seventeenth. The check came in on the weekend, so it didn't give me enough time to buy a modem because I was holding off on doing anything with the cable, you know, because I want to get new internet service provider. But I've been holding off because I was afraid that they might just blow me off if I cancel the service, you know. Okay. So the check came to my house like on Friday or Saturday. You know, so I was like, oh, that sucks because then, you know, I'm going to get a new internet service provider, but I want to buy the actual modem. So I was like, uh, we'll see because now I'm waiting on the modem. It's supposed to be in Friday, you know? Okay. Uh, before I have them come and hook it up. But now I need to see because now I'm into the next month. If they'll just, if I can just, if they're going to make me do a whole month in that case, I'll just say, fuck it at the end of the month. You know, get rid of the service because if they're gonna bill me for like one month anyway, you know, and then I'll get it. But but at least I got it. So 
because I never thought I would actually get that five hundred dollars. You know, there you go. Look at you. Yeah. See, like a couple of months ago, I reached out to them. I'm like, "What the fuck?" And then I sent an email to AT and T. I was like, "What the hell happened to this?" Because this whole process started like in April, where I started the whole thing, and like in first week of June. A guy called me from AT and T. It was actually a dude that came and fixed it. He's like, "I'm out of your house right now," and uh, he's like, "I'm gonna say they should approve it." You know, he's like, "I'm doing the inspection," you know. And then I never heard another thing. So in August, I I complained AT and T, and then some local manager, you know, somewhere some regional local manager got in touch with me. I didn't hear anything from him for a while, and then, you know, now I got back in touch with him like two weeks ago or something and i was like dude it's been two months basically and i haven't heard anything since and he's like oh all right and he and he was keeping me up to date and like the week before last he's like uh i think it might have been what was it i'm trying to think what day of the week it was it was probably like the third or second or third you know tuesday or wednesday where he was like you know i had the whole email string he's like i He's like, I spoke to the guy, to guy in charge of this, and and we decided to close this claim. He's going to get in touch with you today. So I was expecting a phone call. Well, nothing happens. A week goes by. Last Wednesday, I get in touch. I'm like, hey man, it's been a week now. I haven't heard anything from a guy. He's like, oh really? You haven't heard anything? I thought the way I, the way it sounded to me, he made it sound like he was going to call you that day. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought too. But then I figured I'd give him a little time. But now it's been a week. He's like, he's like, he didn't ever call. I was like, no. And then, you know, this is last Wednesday. And then like Friday, I still haven't heard anything back. Friday, I was like, have you heard anything, man? And he never responded. And then I, um, you know, either the next day or on or Friday evening. I'm trying to think. I don't know. It's either when I came home from work Friday or on Saturday, whatever, I opened the mail, and I, it must have been Saturday. And I, I was like, oh, what's this? I opened it, it was the $500 check. And I was like, yes. I was like, sweet. You know? Nice. I was like, they actually fucking paid me my 500 bucks. You know? Look at you. Yeah, so I, I feel good now. The check's in the account. It cleared. They can't stop it for me no longer being a customer. You know? Because... <laughs> I Googled this, and there seems to be a lot of people that never get, you know, they just get caught up in AT&T's bullshit, and they never do get paid for bullshit like this, you know? Right. So so it was a good day, or a good week for that. Taking down the man. Yep, yep, taking down the man. Now I can move on and get a better, you know, because this only gets me three-something... 3.75 megabytes per second, but I'm going to get service so I can get 15, you know? What are you going to go with? I'm going to go with Cox. It's the cable. And, I mean, they got one of those deals where 12 months you get it for like 39 bucks or whatever, you know? And they got higher. They got even faster stuff. Like, it goes from 15, the next step of is 50. But, but I'm like, I don't think I need the 50 right now because it's just me, you know? Right. I was like, ah, oh, 50 is appealing. The idea that you can do everything, and you can even get up to 100, you know, but uh, but I but I don't need, I definitely don't need to pay the, because if that's the case, I might as well just get fucking cable again, you know? Right, 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 right. 
You know, it's a whole, slippery slope, man. Yeah, exactly. But I was like 15, 15 uh, megabytes, you know, download speed is, is fast enough for me. You know, and it's going to feel like it's so fucking ridiculously fast compared to what I have now, you know? Right. But, I mean, that should be good enough to stream football games and stuff. Like, uh, you know, part of my problem is I think the I think ESPN's app kind of sucks, which kills me because you'd think it would be the best one considering how much they depend on the watch ESPN app. Yeah. But it seems to fail, like, have more lags than all these other things that I watch on. Like, I watch, you know, like the other night I was watching Westworld and HBO Go. It doesn't fucking have any lags at all, you know? Netflix doesn't lag, but fucking, like, when I'm trying to watch, I was watching a 30 for 30 the other night, and maybe it's because I was trying to watch something live, and that's where maybe watch ESPN, where you really need a faster connection when you're trying to watch the live shit, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it just might be the connection, because I don't, I don't have those problems. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you might need a faster one when it's the live stuff. As opposed to, like, pre-recorded content, you know? Yeah. Because it's it only happens when I watch, when I use the watch ESPN stuff, you know? Yeah, Which yeah. is the only real live television I watched through there. But I think if I have 15, it won't be a problem, you know? Yeah, especially if it's just you. Yeah. Because that's what I was looking at. I was like, oh, I could get the 50. But then I was, like, looking at, what is it for? And it's like, for, like... Ten computers and lots of people looking at all the shit. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's probably not something I really need. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or go out and get yourself uh, ten computers and a bunch of friends. Yeah, yeah, and a kid, yeah. So, so that's good. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I don't have much more. Uh, well, we're at about really. a minute and four. We're, we're we're about an hour and forty. So I would say uh, we could, we could probably put a pin in it and and hold. Uh, hold I wanted to give Brian his his bang for his buck. You know, he's <laughs> he thought yeah. an hour and a half. You know, he mm. was like an hour and a half. It's like we can do more than that. So here yeah. we go, an hour and forty. <laughs> Uh, which is great because uh, we started out like gangbusters and now we're just breaking down upload times on Watch ESPN. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, if you get a chance, watch that 30 for 30. It's good. That's another yeah. thing that pisses me off about ESPN. You figure you'd have an access to all a whole library of that shit on the Watch ESPN app because you need a cable subscription to be able to look at all the shit on ESPN. Yet they don't allow you just to watch all that shit on there. It makes no sense to me. Oh, wait, you can't just go through a catalog of all the 30 for 30s? I mean, as of six months ago, you couldn't. Maybe you can now. Who knows? But I think they, I think they, you know, I think they have some of them on Netflix, though, you know? Because, you know, the thing is, I think because ESPN wants to sell the shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's where I've seen them. Maybe I've watched them on Netflix. But I do, I do think they have some of them on Netflix. But I think that's the problem, too. They want to sell the 30 for 30s, you know? Because the other day when I looked at it, it was a new one. I was like, oh, they'll probably show this 10 times in the next three days. And no, it was showing that night at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock your time. It premiered, and then it wasn't shown again until probably, I think it might be, 12:30 a.m., 1:30 a.m. your time either tomorrow morning like 
you know, in the middle of the night tonight or the middle of Saturday night, something like that, you know? Right, right. Which blew me away because I was like, if this is a new one, they'll just because I thought, but I think that's what they do because they really push that shit, you know, the sales of it. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, that's how they can make their money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm always seeing, you know, thirty for thirty box sets and stuff. So that's probably why they just don't show it all the time because they want to make sure they get paid for it. So. All right, I'll do a little research, and uh, I'll tell you what I come up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me know. All right, then. Yeah. Oh, well, then All on right. that note, my friend, with apologies to Girk's brother, we'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Yeah, adios, Fredo. I knew it was you, Fredo. <laughs> Thank you.